right about him. I'm always right. It's like when I'm right, I'm right. And when I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong. That makes sense. Come on. All right. We are back. Surprise, motherfuckers. I don't know why I did that. 1-5, I believe. Is that right? Oh, no, we're on 14. 14? Because we did Will last Ah, oh, that's right. See, my bur- I, t- I, I, I was telling Reese in the pre-show, my brain is very much scattered this this fine evening. Um, I was telling Ivan in the pre-show, how is that different than any other time that I talked to you? Uh, fair. It's always <laughs> scattered, but that's the ADD. It's ADD multiplied by exhaustion tonight. So... I think I think when your brain is scattered, usually it's scattered, but you know exactly what you want to talk about, but you just don't know how it's going to come out. Now it's just scattered. Like yeah. I don't know what might come out, but we're going to see what, how it goes. I I mean I I would put money on it that it was episode fifteen. Like that was the athlete <laughs> I prepared was number fifteen. Like I, yeah, all over the place. But we move, we move full audible. Thinking fourteens now. Um, are, are we gentlemen's agreement? We're not going with Jameer. Or we do, I mean, we'll talk about Jameer. Anyway, I think that but. gentleman's agreement, he is on a level higher than what this episode could possibly do for him. So, you know, okay. he's in like the Pantheon. He's like the Hall of Fame of the 14. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about him. I think that we should kick it off. Me personally, I know who my number one is, but there were several. I forgot how many people wore number 14 that I actually really like. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm seeing that as well currently. It's crazy. Like to me, it got to it got to start off with the oldest person in my lifetime outside of Morgan Freeman, Julio Franco, you know, the ageless wonder. Like, I just think that Julio Franco was that dude where like he literally was playing baseball eight years before I was born in the majors. And he retired when I was almost legal. <laughs> like, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, cool. 82 to 2007. <laughs> And he played every position in the infield outside of third base. And I think that's only because he was like, that's kind of trash. I can do a lot more than play third base. Yeah. And he would just, because my, all my memories of Julio Franco is just each year from like 04 to 07, he would just be like, all right, Julio Franco just broke his own record for the oldest person to hit, home, hit a home run. <laughs> like that, that's wondered, my memory of Julio Franco. I always wondered at what point, as a professional athlete, if you hold on that long, do you just stop caring about allegiances and you just go to whoever's going to pay you? Like in my mind, I would try to play for every team if I could, if I was going to hold on that long, but me being a Philadelphia guy, I'll be like, I'm not playing for Boston. I'm going to retire. Like I wouldn't like, it will be stuff like that where I'm like, eh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Cause he, I mean, I just remember him with the Mets mostly, but yeah, he played pretty all over the place. Yeah. He, he, he got his, he, he earned his money. Yeah, keep getting them checks. Yeah, 48 was his final year. That's insane. You know what's crazy is, like, I do think there's someone in the league right now who I could see doing something similar. Who? Nelson Cruz. He hasn't played. The career won't have been as long. But the reason that I say that is going into this year, I believe he turns 41, I think, this year. And... He still hits 40 home runs every year. Except for when he played for the Phillies. Well, Nelson Cruz never played for the Phillies. Well, not Nelson Cruz. Who was I thinking of? Bobby Abreu? No. Don't disrespect Bobby Abreu like that. <laughs> um, he's literally a higher gun who played – I think he played for the Blue Jays 
and hit like 20, 30 home runs a year. And then he played for us and just completely sucked. Oh, um, John Segura. Gene Segura. No, no, because he doesn't hit bombs. Is he current Philly? No, no, no. He hasn't been on the team in like three or four years. He was only on it for like a year because he sucked. Yeah, they don't last long in Philly if you suck. I, I, I can't think of who you're talking about, but yeah, I can't think. Of I, I can, also, I can hear the hurt in your voice, regardless. Uh, we had a trash team anyway. Like you really want to make that big of a difference, but it's like one of those things where it. You have to be a special athlete to play in Philadelphia. It just is what it is. Like, there's no, there's no way around it at all. Like, I like to pretend sometimes that that's not a thing, but it is 100% a thing. Playing in Philadelphia is, like, not only the pressures of being a professional athlete, but the pressures of us knowing that you're a professional athlete and we're going to call you out whether we like you or not. Yep. Yeah, no, it's real. It's real there. Yeah, but, like, Nelson Cruz is a good one. I thought Bartolo Colon was going to be that way. So he's just going to literally pitch until his arm fell off, which he probably still is, but just not in the majors. The, the big problem with him is he can only do so much because Satchel Page still holds all those records when he pitched when he was like 63. Once again, Satchel was like Jameer. We don't even – Yep, levels. We don't mention mere mortals with Satchel Page. <laughs> like Satchel Page is still pitching from a grave somehow. Um, yeah, and, and still no one knows how old he is, most no. importantly. And so. somehow he's still striking people out. Yeah, easily. Like Satchel, easily. Yeah, Satchel's one of those dudes that, like, I think that I'm surprised there hasn't been a movie made about the Negro Leagues that was really, like, like, that actually surprised me. that There hasn't been, like, a major movie made about the Negro Leagues where you have people like Gibson and Satchel and young Hank Aaron and Jackie Robinson, like, really diving deep into those players just being so far above <laughs> people who were in the major leagues, but only right. being able to play against each other. Can you imagine those games? Like you, you walk up to the plate, you're pitching against Jackie Robinson as Satchel Page, and you look out to the outfield and there's everybody who would have been a Hall of Famer. If they well, I just, you know, all the stories about whenever Satchel Page would face Josh Gibson. That's what comes to mind. Mm-hmm. It was like that had to have been the greatest matchup ever. Every yeah, single time. Some, I don't even think there's a question. Like, in my mind, I'm like, who's two? Like, I'm not even f- questioning if that was the greatest. I'm like, okay, who's yeah. after? It's just like Larry Bird walking into the locker room and just trying to figure out who's coming second. No, I think even Larry Bird would be like, take a backseat to Satchel against Gibson. <laughs> like, ah, <laughs> comes talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I could see Satchel Page dropping the, like, the, the, um, the Jesus, or was it God or Jesus? Um, about Michael, but that line I could see oh, Satchel yeah. dropping. Where's like where, where you realize that Larry Bird th- didn't think that God could beat the 1986 Celtics. Yeah, that's some wild stuff. That's some wild stuff. But we ain't going to go on the bird that, tangent. Second good, person good, that I want to mention. Yeah. Come on, man. We got to do it. This guy continues to somehow wow us and make us boo pretty much in the same game. And I want to root for him this year, but I can as an Eagles fan. But I hope he balls out without winning too much. <laughs> Look at the hate in that. Go, gotta go, Ryan Fitzpatrick, man. Harvard's own Fitz Magic. Harvard's own Fitz Magic. I, I have a, I have the uh, Fitz Magic little handout that they gave out. Um, where he, who's he dressed up as? When he dressed up as Jameis with the chain and all. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, he was he was wearing Deshaun Jackson. He's wearing Deshaun's outfit. chain. Yeah, he was oh, like, yeah, yeah, just yeah. take him, take my chain, take my yeah. sweatsuit. It is what it is. Uh, yes, 
absolute legend of a human being. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's another one of those guys where it's like, I'm not sure that it's fair to try and put him on the same level as anyone else that we name. <laughs> nah, we ain't doing that. We ain't doing Listen, he never made it to the playoffs. You got to at least. Yet. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I do believe that that is his record is the most wins by any quarterback without ever playing in a playoff game. Yes, it is 100% that. That's even crazier because it's like you're not even playing. Like, it'll be different if you didn't win the game. He never been there. Yeah. Like, that's different. You know what I mean? Honestly, part of it makes me respect him more. Because, you know, because it's not like I feel – it never was like he lost his team's games. You think about the teams – well, okay, sometimes. But the teams he was on. interception games, I think. (laughs) But the teams he was on. It's like he got drafted by the mid-2000s Rams. Listen, listen, ish happens, but you can't be throwing like five picks. You got to at least, you know what I mean? Give me three and keep it moving. Like you got five, like four or five picks is like, you ain't trying to win it. It's a lot. It's a lot. A, no, a lot is two in today's NBA. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. I, I, I like those picks. Mm-hmm. Man, there's, there's, there's so many good ones. Um, I'm going to go. Oh, that guy didn't have a left hand. Can't say that one. My my true number one hasn't even come out yet, but I want you to go because I've been talking. Do you want me to give it? I, I think this might be on both of ours. I'm going Ernie Banks. Baseball season right around the corner. I'm going Mr. Cub. Absolute I, legend of the game. I was about to say, I'm happy you said Ernie Banks because in a pantheon of great baseball players, unless you're from the Midwest, I don't ever hear anybody mention Ernie Banks. And Ernie Banks – is arguably better than 90% of the baseball players we grew up watching. <laughs> like it's that's ins- but you I, I think I, we we comfortably we so. this. We I'm, but I'm I'm not I'm not looking at steroids as cheating. So I'm including that too. So like I'm it is yeah. cheating. I'm looking at them too. Like that's crazy to think that Ernie Banks is arguably better than 90% of the baseball players we grew up watching. We lived through the steroid era. We we lived through some of the greatest pitching era. We lived through the home run era. The live ball air, all that kind of stuff, and Ernie Banks is still like, yeah, but hold my jock strap. Right. So, so I even when you bring up steroids, even in the steroid era, how many middle infielders have 500 home runs? Mm, that's actually a good trivia question. So, 500 home runs in the steroid area infielders. Yeah, it's like a rod. Sure. I'll go probably three. I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't. I, I honestly don't think it's that many. Because Bagwell is 500, right? But he was, uh, I don't think he was doing the steroid here. No, I don't think, one, I don't think he does. I don't think he played long enough to have it, but he was a first baseman. So I'm saying like middle infield. How many second baseman? Middle, middle, my bad. But it's like, they're not the people that are supposed to hit hormones. Yeah, Jeff Bagwell hit uh, 450-ish. Okay, he was close. He was closer closer than I thought. Yeah, so middle infield? A Rod and you like can the argue, sluggers were like Jeff Kent, but you can also argue A Rod wasn't. I mean, he only he spent only part of his career in the infield. Like he spent he was, the he was always the best shortstop on any team he was on, <laughs> even when he didn't play. Yeah, but he but he spent he might have spent more years not playing shortstop. Look up that he might have at the end of the day kind of no, how he Tim did. Duncan played. Uh, kind of how Tim Duncan played even. more minutes at center than power forward, but he's known as the best power forward ever. Yeah, but. Where are you putting Alex Rodriguez in your team? So if he was in his prime, like where am I putting him? Yeah. As a DH. 
see. Yeah, I mean, it's like kind of an even split. Yeah, it's like, like Kobe 90, 80, 90, 94 to 03, and then 04 to 16, he was in New York. Wow, that is really close. So it's pretty He pretty also close. missed some years because of the, the suspensions, too. So some of those years don't even really count. That is that is true. That is true. But, uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with that, and then I'm going to go with my second. I want to say Xavi Alonso. I want to say Jim Rice. But got to give the nod to the big O. I love that pick. You know what I mean? First person to ever average a triple-double in the history of the NBA and still didn't win MVP day. <laughs> um, wasn't even close. It really wasn't that close. I'm like, what the f-? Um, I love the big O. Uh, it, he, from what I have heard, what I had heard is one of the reasons why he's not as appreciated as we believe he should be is because he's kind of a prick. But in my mind, how do you not be a prick when you played in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s? Like in my, like people say the same thing about yeah, Kareem. As a black man in the fifties and or you know the sixties, primarily of his career, mm-hmm. yeah, you're probably gonna be a prick to everyone because probably everyone's being a prick to you. Yeah, you probably don't trust anybody, so I can't get mad at that. I do, I do feel good, feel bad that he is not going to get his flowers until he dies. I really think that people are choosing not to give him his flowers because he was such um, a dick to some people, and that's tragic because I think that. You know me. I always think that if you don't blame me, soup. You don't bring me soup when I'm sick. Don't bring me flowers when I die. And Oscar Robinson means more to the NBA than people give him credit for. Like even if you think about the greatest players of all time, his name almost never comes up. And apparently, according to John Solly, who's always high, so take this with a grain of salt. Michael, if you ask Michael Jordan, who's the greatest player of all time, he always says Oscar Robinson. I, I think there's a um, a theme that we're finding in in the 14s of just. Criminally underappreciated athletes. And that brings me to my number one. Before I go to my number one, I'm going to tell you my favorite soccer player growing up after Ronaldinho was Terry Henry. He was, okay. I loved. I, I didn't know if you were going there. I, I only left him out because uh, did he not wear a different number with Arsenal? Come on, with soccer. They all wear different numbers. <laughs> like, yeah, it just, but 14 is kind of weird because nobody really wears those numbers. It was that great. So, like, I had to mention him because of that, because it's not a 10 or a 7 or a 9. Um, but, like, Terry Henry, oh, to no, me. he wore a 14. I, I, stand, I stand corrected. He was just so smooth, man. I always tell people when I watch Terry Henry, he was my favorite because he was just so fucking – it would look effortless. Like, he it wasn't was so trying. easy. It was so easy. It was almost like, did you did you sweat today? Like, did you play 90 minutes or did you just look like you're about to just get out after 20? Like, it, he looked like he, he, looked like he already knew what he was going to do, and he was waiting for you to understand what he was going to do before he even did it. He wanted to wait for you to figure it out just so he could embarrass you that much more. Make it a little harder. Like, oh, you're finally here? Oh, watch this. Like, he's a different kind of dude. And my number one is a guy who, once again, is underappreciated. And it's not because of what he did do. It's because of what he chose to do outside of the field of play. And that's Pete Rose. I got to go with big Pete Rose, former Philadelphia icon as well. I know everybody's going to say the Reds and whatever, but I'm going Phillies. I believe when he when he critically injured that catcher in the All-Star game, he was a member of the Phillies, and I'm always for something like that in the All-Star game. Uh, <laughs> he should be in the Hall of Fame. It's criminal that he's not in the Hall of Fame. I don't care what nobody tells me. 
yeah, you shouldn't gamble on professional sports if you're a part of it to a certain extent, but he bet on his team to win. There's no evidence he ever threw games. And just like Shoeless Joe Jackson, is Joe, I think it's Joe Jackson, right? No, it's not yep. Joe Jackson. It's Joe, mm-hmm. Shoeless Joe Jackson. He's not in the Hall of Fame because of the whole scandal with the black, with the White Sox, a.k.a. the Black Sox. he Sox. hit like 600 in the World Series. And he and apparently he wasn't even part of the scandal. He just happened right. to be on the team. Yeah, it's no, like, like if you if if you just you look at his numbers in that World Series, I'm gonna pull him up. Joe Jackson, 19, 19 World Series stats. I believe he hit he hit four hundred. He so literally that, crushing if, everything. If that's a guy that was trying to throw a World Series, he did a really not bad very job. good at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad, man. Like that kind of stuff is sad, and I get it. Baseball. You, we already talked about this before on the pod, but baseball is just so prickly, man. Like it's yeah, it's so whack what they do with the with the Hall of Fame. How they he hit three seventy five. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. If people hit three seventy five over a weekend, we give them Player of the Week. Yeah, like that's disgusting. And when his team is active, bargain of a salary too. Hmm? Did you want to guess what his salary was in nineteen nineteen? All right, salary in nineteen nineteen. I'm gonna go. $1,350. Six grand. So he, he, he was making it big. He was making it big. Cha-ching, baby. Yeah, man. So, like, I'm going to Pete Rose for that, man. Like, it's – and they're, they're, I, I firmly believe that they're actively waiting for Pete Rose to die to put him in posthumously. Like, I don't think that – I don't think that people surprised still... the Veterans Committee hasn't done it. They feel, I don't know if they're – They seem less petty than the writers. But I'm not sure if they're allowed to do it because I don't think he's allowed to be mentioned on a ballot. So mm. I don't think that, like... That might be the issue. Yeah, I don't think he's up for it. I think he's literally... They just banished him like, you don't have a chance to get in. Like, I think they literally was like, we're not even going to let somebody vote you in. You're not allowed in. I think they banished him that way. So, I like, I don't right. think that they can. I, I think that is the case. That must be. Because otherwise, insane, it would have it would have been talked about way more. That's insane. That's like... Like I like I can't even really wrap my head around it. If they was like, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar ain't gonna go into the Hall of Fame. Excuse me, Kareem. Yeah, man, my, my rule, my rule is if you if if that person is gonna be critical to you telling the story about your sport, they're in the Hall of Fame. Especially when you allow people in the Hall of Fame who have killed people who have who have done worse things than gamble on baseball. There's already cheated. steroids in there. Yeah, if yeah. The, the character clause. You got Ty Cobb in there. Take him. Oh, you got Ty Cobb in the Hall of Fame, bro. Like, I don't hear nothing about Pete Rose saying that his team was going to win and actively betting on him. Like, get out of my face. Yeah. Ty Cobb was literally like the nastiest racist to ever be on a baseball Ooh. field. And there's a list of them. <laughs> you know, you're sporting some bullshit when it's like uh, the power rankings of the all time races. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And most of them are Hall of Famers. <laughs> a, a number of them. Yeah. But the character clause, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's tough when. Kurt Schilling is the one that looks like a not so bad guy yeah. compared to some of the people that are already in. He's like, oh, Kurt, you're a staunch Republican who don't really care about uh, the issues that minorities face. You're never getting into the Hall of Fame. And I don't fuck with Kurt Schilling. I'm going to put that out there. He says some crazy shit. Yep. But compared to the people in the Hall of Fame, you can miss me with that, man. Put Kurt Schilling in. Put uh, <laughs> Shoeless Joe Jackson in. Put Pete Rose in, like style with all of this nonsense, man. And and if you want to build a new wing and say this is for the people who have a, who have a, we have a distaste for, I'm going to visit that wing first because that's going to be some yeah. balling people. It'll, it, yeah, it's like you know, hell's is going to be a little bit more fun than heaven. Easily. Oh, for sure, I told you. you know, but I, I think I think I think the biggest problem right now with voting 
um, is because of where media is, all these writers are just doing, they're voting not based on who deserves to be voted in or out, but they're doing it on what's going to drive clicks to their story. Um, so I, I, I need it to go to one of the extremes. I need complete anonymous voting where you can't talk about your ballot mm. or if, if you don't vote for someone that gets, I don't know, X amount, or, or you should have to explain every part of your vote. Every person you voted for, tell me explicitly why you did or didn't vote for them. Cause it's I like the people a couple years ago where they're like, only I'm only voting for Derek Jeter because he deserves that kind of respect. First of all, no, he doesn't. Second of all, there's multiple other hall of famers on that ballot vote for them. It's because it's your job to do so. I also think anyone that doesn't vote for someone that gets at least say 90%, they get their privileges revoked. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with all of that. I think that I don't know if you've ever been in court, hopefully not, but at the I end do of not the, recall <laughs> my man at the end of a trial, you can poll the jury and see, even though the vote is in, they know what the verdict is. You can make everybody stand up and say, how did you vote? And I think that we should be able to do that too. But like, how did you vote and why? Like, I need the explanation for how King Griffey Jr. wasn't unanimous. I just need to know. Like, tell me what your thought process was there. Because there's, because a lot of those voters are old white dudes. So they can yep. still hold some race-based stuff. I want to know why you think somebody isn't a Hall of Famer more than I want to know why you think that they are. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Yeah, I don't need you to tell me somebody's. I can look at the numbers and tell somebody's Hall of Famer. I can look at their impact. I, like you said, I can think about the game and wonder if I can think about this game without them in it. Is they are they a Hall of Famer? Right. Flip side of it, though, we never really find out why people don't vote for people besides the fact that you say that they're cheating or the moral clause, which we don't hold everybody to. Yeah, no, it's it's completely ridiculous. Um, I, I think some people try to do it, but then they get caught in these webs. Like I think who was it? Um. Tom Verducci, because he, he works for MLB Network, they put out a video of him like submitting his ballot. And he was like, I'm voting for Jeff Kent because he hit cleanup more than any other second baseman. And he was pretty good. And then he's like, I'm not voting for Barry Bonds. I was like, no, you, your ballot should be thrown out. <laughs> I I grew up a Jeff Kent fan. I, gonna put I know that that's that's no shade but, against no, Jeff no, Kent. But, but, but you can't look me in my eye and tell me you're voting for Jeff Kent and not Barry Bonds when they played on the same team. And we all know who Barry Bonds is and we know what Barry Bonds was. And see, that's the kind of, that's, that's reckless, you know? And I think that that's one of the reasons why baseball has been dying out rapidly in this country. Like I don't question for you with baseball season, literally around the bend. A, a Where day does baseball after this rank? episode comes out. Where does MLB baseball rank in America for popularity in your personal opinion out of all of the major sports leagues, all of them, including soccer leagues, if you want to throw those in there too. Yeah, I, I think it's probably – I think it gets more of, you know, the baseball is dying thing. You know, revenue and viewership is still up year over year, so I don't know that I fully subscribe to it. I but, do think uh, they've probably been though, surpassed by the NBA, so they'd probably be third. Probably. They've definitely been surpassed by the NBA. But the viewership, the thing about the baseball, the reason why they say it's dying out – is because mon monetarily they don't make the same amount of money as those other leagues, but also the viewership age is elderly people typically. So th there's no growth. So that's why they be like, mm, yeah, but when these baby boomers die, who's going to be watching the game? So you said that you think yeah, they're third? I, I think they're third. Um, and I think, I think they're the, fourth. You think NHL or MLS? I think, mm -mm. I think PGA. I think golf has surged past them recently. Oh, I really I don't do. Think so. 
This is why, peep game. I think golf has surged past them because golf has had the opportunity to show not only the older players, like the VJ Sings, the Phil Mickelson's, the Tiger Woods of the game, but all the way down to teenagers and early 20-somethings who are competitive and interesting. And golf is a sport that is played typically year-round, and the PGA Tour lasts so long, especially with COVID, that literally it's felt like we golf stopped with everybody but has been going on almost on a continuous loop for over a year. And then also the other side of that is golf, like baseball, is a rich person sport because you need so much money to play it. You need areas to play it. You need equipment. You need all of these things. But the thing that I think golf has over baseball right now, at least in America, is that they have put a highlighted focus on the minorities on the tour. Like they have, they've done their damnedest to, to show like, you, you see these new Asian Paul players. Moore, Kawa, yeah. Dude, they've done that so much of that. And when you look at golf, because there's so much sponsorship money coming into it for various people, I can't really say that about baseball players. Like, I can't really name too many baseball players who have major sponsorships, like major sponsorships where, like, they're yeah. part of the face of the, a company. And the, I think golf the institution has of Major League Baseball has really screwed the pooch over the last decade or so um, with the invention of MLB Advanced Media because basically what they tried to do is monetize all their media and centralize it to them to the point at which anyone that was say sharing a clip on Twitter or uh, any other platform would get it like copyright striked and taken down. Mm -hmm. Whereas the surge of the NBA, it's just a high, like you gotta, especially for a sport that, you know, I don't agree, but I can see why people find baseball boring. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, no, I can also understand it where you're not even letting them just watch highlights. There's a lot of people that are really worth watching in baseball. And if they yeah. walked into a room, no one would know who they are. Yeah. And the, I think no one Arenado's like, like, I think if yeah. someone like Fernando Tatis Jr. walked in, like, you'd be like, that guy's an athlete. But, but I think, like, I think that's that like five, to... six, but it's like, yeah, he's a lot of fun to watch though. And I think that that goes to the point I was making where, in baseball, realistically, and maybe I'm underselling it, there may, and I mean, I mean really may, be six franchises that mean something to people who aren't casual fans. Like, may. Like, there might be six. Like, that might be it. The, the ones that matter only to or that uh, to people that aren't hardcore fans, you mean? Yeah. Like, it's like... So, who you talking about? Dodgers, Yankees, Cubs, Red, Red Sox. Sox? And then it gets Giants, a little maybe? dicey. Like the Giants? Huh? No, no, because I think people will go football if you said the Giants to them. Okay, it's um, getting dicey now, right? We got four. You, you, you know what's really bad is, is I wanted to be like the Mets, of course, but it's like people don't really fuck with the Mets. No, people don't really fuck with the Mets, and I'm a the Cardinals. Fan the Cardinals are in there. Cardinals, Cardinals got are in five. There. Um, <laughs> mm. man, no one gives a shit about Milwaukee. It might be five. See, I think the Giants are big. Well, let's see. Who are the most valuable franchises? I feel like the that's valuable franchises. But, but I mean, really yeah, I just want to see the list because they're in California, so they're going to have a high value, I think. But I, th- I think they have more history than they have an amazing history. Yeah. So do, but so do the Royals. And nobody gives a fuck about the Royals if you're a casual fan. 
So yeah, the 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 list goes Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox, Cubs, Giants, Mets, Cardinals. And we just said nobody gives a fuck about the Mets. So that that Giants ranking and they're in New York. If, and the if, Phillies if the Mets, are below that. The Mets played in Delaware. Their ranking would not be that high because they play in New York technically. They play in Queens. So it gives that rate. That's the and, thing about and it. Because though. they just got bought for shit. Yeah, so that, that, that's, that's part where it's jumped. If the Mets played in Minnesota, that value would not be that. Hey, shout out to the Twins. I miss the Expos. That's what we need to bring back. I wore, I, I wore, I wore my Vladimir Guerrero uh, Expos jersey the other day. He was like, oh, shit. I was like, yeah, you I mess with that. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that was one thing with COVID hitting, obviously, among the larger scale issues and inconveniences that it's caused. I was really looking forward to the whole like split season that the Rays were going to do or like half the season they were going to be in Tampa. And then the other half, they were just going to be the Montreal like Rays or something or Montreal Expos basically. I was so stoked for that. But I think, I think that that's also where baseball fails, where when the season isn't happening, nobody thinks about baseball, where these other sports, we see these athletes on commercials. We hear about them. There's they're They're horrifically marketed. They're terribly marketed. And, and, Realistically, like, I think Mike. I think the only time you see Mike Trout on a commercial would be like Subway. I think he did some think, spots yeah, with Subway. Them. But right? the, but that's the crazy thing. It was like him Ivan, and Ryan Howard. Ivan, tell me how Mike Trout doesn't have a Bass Pro Shop sponsorship. It makes I don't sense. Know. The the one that pisses me off most is Mookie Betts. Yeah, like he's good at everything, and like a very likable looking guy. Like I. He he should they should give him some balding products. Um again, I, I feel like there's a lot of guys with great personalities and no one knows who any of them are. Yeah. And and baseball season is 162 in a regular year. Like it's it's a lot that goes into I, it. I I do think in terms of being a hardcore fan, I do think the most impressive you can be is a hardcore baseball. Like like the type of fan where you don't miss a game. I, I don't think there's a tougher sport to be a hardcore fan of than that. Like I feel like that's a, a different level of a test of like locked in on that sport. See, see, but you can also argue that there's so much downtime in the sport that you could be watching where you don't have to pay that much attention. You know what I mean? Like it's I guess, that, that's but where I think you could say the same thing about football. No, nah, you can't say the same thing about football because yeah, there's like 30 seconds if you're, if you're, between every play. But but if you're a hardcore fan, you are focusing on the plays. You're looking at the linemen. You're doing all of that. See, if you yeah, go and say that about baseball, yeah, you're doing that about baseball. But but there's you literally could go. It's different when you're at the game, though. I will say that because it's like you can yeah, look at the line alignment on the offensive line or, or the defensive line because it's in the camera view. Mm-hmm. But when I'm at a game, I'm watching the shifts. I'm, I'm like exactly yeah. But I think that see, I don't know if baseball is that. If baseball, are you judging it? Is the deciding factor on how long to get how long, how long the season is? Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's completely that. Okay, it, it's like you know, football. Let's but, say your team wins the Super Bowl, you're gonna watch 20 games, okay, but 20, 23 for kind of preseason. But, but, but is there any, um, any what's it called, any curve given to the other sports? with how much media attention they get because it's hard to follow with so many people talking where baseball, if you're a hardcore fan, you don't really have to worry about that too often. So it's easy for you just to lock in. And if you're a hardcore, like any other sport fan, you have to filter through all of that shit, which could take a lot of time. I don't know. Cause I feel like the other thing with baseball that kind of as a counterpoint 
mm-hmm. because there's so much less media about it, mm-hmm. you have to actually do more work <laughs> to like seek out some but things. I disagree though, because every team has major markets who talk about those specific teams, but you might not have like, like you might not hear about, you might not hear about the Astro, well not Astro's a bad example because they want to Rockies. Win you might not hear about the Rockies in Philadelphia. But if you're an Eagles fan, you're going to hear about the Giants. You're going to hear about the football team. You're going to hear about the Cowboys. You're going to hear about these other things. If you're a Sixers fan, you're going to hear about the Celtics. Even if the Celtics have been in like eighth or ninth place almost all season, we're still hearing about them. You know what I mean? We're like next baseball. point. Next point. We're going to skip that one. <laughs> <laughs> but like baseball, you still have your main focus of communication. You just may not have all of the filter that comes through. Like if you're focusing on the Phillies, you don't give a fuck about the Rockies, so you might not hear because about because the standings won't like it, it, at least you won't get a lot of that until August, like past yeah. the trade deadline. Then it'll start to bump up Pick a little up. bit. Exactly. So it, I think it's a give and take. I think that's yeah. A no, I, I think I think there's definitely some balance in there that kind of even certain things out. Where it's like you know that that is that is true. I, that's a really good point though. Is like. In baseball, it's almost like a, a known thing. It's like you don't really need to check the standings till July first. No, nah. <laughs> maybe I, I like to check like later. I mean, I, like I do. Early spring, training. I do. Like I, I look at the standings mm-hmm. like near every day. Like especially when you know I was back home, we get the newspaper delivered. Like I was the kid. I was like, okay, let, let's see what league leaders changed from from yesterday. It's like oh, Ichiro still. Chasing 262 hits. Oh, um, but I, I think there is something where it's just like every time I do check the standings in April or May, I'm like, why? It doesn't matter yet. Yeah. I, I, and I love baseball. I'm a baseball lover. I'm not going to pretend like I'm the greatest baseball fan because I don't follow MLB. I follow the teams I care about more than anything. But I, I will say, man, like no matter what people said, tell me, top two games. Top two um, in-person sporting events, baseball, and then whatever else you want to put there. Like baseball, yeah. it, it, I love the, going there, to baseball. There's a, there's a different – there's different sounds and smells that are really hard to match. And it feels different, though. Like when it I does. watch – I would rather watch football on TV because, I like, going to the Easily. games don't do it for me. Like Easily. I will hunt. Yeah, it's just too Honestly, big. Prob- I think I might be there with the NBA, too. Oh, I love going to NBA games. I, but, I like it. I like it, but sometimes it's like – the i don't know maybe this is the purest that my dad raised at times like some of the sound pumping i'm just like yeah I'm, I'm yeah i don't like that. that i don't like that I'm as good on but, that. but like, i, I, I want to hear your sneakers squeak but, but the like, great thing about going boom, to an nba boom, game you know, is that you're watching it on tv while being there because the, everybody has a massive screen now so like you still get yeah. the experience of watching it on tv if you that, that's, that's a good point that's a good and point. then when stuff gets crazy you can but i i think i i think the reason my i go uh, soccer is an interesting one, and I'd love to experience actual European soccer because I've yeah, I would love European to football. Let me get it right because I think that would be in that pantheon too. Yeah, but I've been I about less games, but it's not the same. It's not the same. Like even when I went and saw Liverpool and Man City in preseason, that was a different environment than any mm-hmm. MLS game I ever went to. I can believe that. But baseball to me is number one, bias included. I love but baseball, man. Hockey, hockey might be number two because I've only of been to how one much better game. it's better. Because of I've how much better it is in person. I've only been to one hockey game and it was a fucking blast. Like it was fucking, but I, I need to go to more in order to really yeah, be like, all right. And I play, like I play basketball, I played lacrosse. So technically I've been in those types of atmospheres. Um, like, I, yeah, like I think that it's interesting because I, me personally, when there's, I also judge sports by 
how much can I watch them if they're bad? Like, I will watch a bad basketball team because I love basketball that much. I'll be like, oh, yeah. I'll watch this one. We'll pull it up. Yep. Watching a bad football team, Ugh. that shit is agonizing to me. Like, I, like That's why that? I don't watch the NFL. I don't. Damn. Like, it's I, I jokingly say this, and I've said it to friends, mostly just to piss them off above all else. It's less so true in the last 365 days. The Patriots of my lifetime ruined football for me because it was like, because what drives me crazy with bad football teams is like discipline where I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? You're getting, making all these mental penalties and, you know, taking all these dumb penalties. Like, cause there's just stuff that I don't understand how it happens. Cause like, well, the Patriots have done it for 20 years. Like make penalties, penalties drive me up a wall. Penalties like miss free throws. Yeah. That, oh, though. That'll mm-hmm. do it to me. <laughs> Missed mm. free throws. Uh, uh, who, who, what team was it last weekend that uh, – they oh, just, Alabama. Alabama. Alabama, that's what it was. And they were like 11 of 25. And I was like, if I was the coach, there's going to be more scholarships that are open tomorrow than there are today. If I was the coach, I'm retiring and playing. I'm like, you know what? I got to show you what's going on. Like, this, I think like, I still got some eligibility left. Yeah, that's insane, <laughs> man. Like – I, I, I like I like your thought process there. You don't watch the NFL because the football is actually not good. It's just see, and I think that that's one of the things that the NFL has over a lot of sports. You can be bad in football when it comes to the fundamentals and still be exciting because of how freak of an athlete you are. If you try that in other sports, that shit don't work out in the pros. Like even yeah. if you're a freak athlete, there's been plenty of freak athletes in the NBA who bust. Freak athleticism does not hit a curveball. No, fuck no. Freak athleticism can't make you throw a curveball. <laughs> yeah. No, and that that is one thing that I think helps with baseball, at least for me, is like there's always elite pitchers on shitty teams. Mm-hmm. So it was like – because I'm never going to get excited, even if, you know, with Joe Burrow there. It's like I'm never going to get excited to watch the Cincinnati Bengals play. Shout out to my man TJ Husmanzato. Always was in my fantasy draft in Madden growing up. Legend. All time, all time great name as well. Um, all time swag, that ponytail, the yeah. name. Even he, he, made- he didn't get enough credit because he was on a team with Ocho. Ocho, but eighty four and eighty five were a problem. But oh, yeah, oh I'm never gosh. gonna, I'm never gonna care about a Bengals Bears game. But even when the Marlins won like thirty games a year, mm-hmm. and then we'll win a World Series every three years, right? Oh, yeah, but rest back. in, rest in peace. When they were winning 30 games a year, but when Jose Fernandez was on the mound during one of those, Ooh. oh, I was watching that game. Jose. I was watching that game. That That's my favorite thing to do um, when I'm not watching, like, the Red Sox is just be like, all right, what ace is on the bump tonight? That, that you know, that's the game. Like, I watched so many Cincinnati Reds games last year just to watch Trevor Bauer. I think, but do you think, and this is, if y'all haven't realized yet, this is definitely the baseball appreciation episode and we didn't even play it that way, but we're we're loving it. Do you think, do you think that it's easier to get into baseball over some of the other sports if you start young? Or do you think that it is overall just a hard sport to understand because there's so much going on? Um, Young, starting young. It's an interesting, so you're, you're, just to clarify, you're saying like, do you think it's easier if you're young or it's just it's always going to be hard? I think to become a fan of baseball, as when you compare it to the other leagues, 
do you think or other sports do you think that it's easier to become a fan of baseball if, like when you're young and you can you can use it as going to all of the games of any sport you can do it as watching tv of all of the sports you can do it as the nostalgia factor as it being the oldest game you know all of that kind of stuff i think it's harder to get in the older you get mm. um because for for a number of reasons so i i feel like there's all all the tropes of what makes young kids fall in love with baseball like being able to play catch with dad or go and play wiffle ball or like you know there's all that stuff there's a lot of stuff i was the greatest wiffle ball player in the history or stick ball if you're a real one stick ball was was we we didn't grow up that poor (laughs) (laughs) no no bottle caps (laughs) no actually actually we grew up too poor to have sticks to play with like you better put them in oven yeah there were were not there are no sticks in north philadelphia (laughs) they're sticks but they're considered assault rifles (laughs) that's what those sticks are right um but yeah no so i I think it's one of those things because okay let's say you've never watched baseball and then you're 12 right Mm -hmm. and someone's like oh let's watch baseball that's where you're gonna be like this is boring. There's not mm-hmm. enough like, you know, action h- helmet to helmet contact of like, oh, you know, there's no shock. There's less shock value events, mm-hmm. you know, to the point where there's a certain appreciation. Like you're going to get if, if you're saying you're taking a, you know, 12, 13 year old and you're saying which one of these is more interesting to you. Sean Taylor blowing up Brian Mormon. That's a different one, but just a big hit in football. Mm-hmm. Or a, a a big dunk in basketball, like a, a nice you know reverse windmill type thing, mm-hmm. or like robbing a, a grand slam. Like but, no but one's think, no, none of them are going to pick robbing a grand slam because it doesn't hit the same. But but I uh, you see you did hit the same. But I think that but I think part of that is baseball has stopped being great skill wise. Like I really do believe that. I think that. People stop learning how to run bases correctly. People stop learning how to hit for average instead of blowing it out. People can't. Yeah. Most, most baseball players cannot catch the ball with their back to the mound. Like if it was over the shoulder. Growing up in the 90s, Jimmy Edmonds. Dude, everybody. Oh, man. Are you willing to break your face? Yes or no? <laughs> yeah, Jim Edmonds but, was about that action. But but I think that's, center, that's, yeah. that's part of it. Oh, love him. I, but I think that's part of the issue where baseball stopped being exciting for a lot of people because almost nothing was happening outside of a home run or a strikeout, especially today. And it's even lost some of the fun side stuff. Like no managers get thrown out anymore. Yeah. The, the still sounds are whack now. Like nobody's going crazy with it. That's true. But, but no, like it's like, there was something when it was Bobby Cox, Earl Weaver, like that was a show. It's like, Oh, Oh, this manager's about to go off on this ump. Now they're like, I just like to review the play, please. And and you're like, I, I, I wish we could do away with reviews in baseball Ooh, I because I was like, it, it, you know, one they still get it wrong, way more often. Than <laughs> All right, <laughs> you can't blame the review on that. You gotta blame the people looking at it, right? But two. I think that baseball of all sports is the one that should be most up for human error. Like, there's no lines, there's no time. There is lines. There's lines, but like. You have an umpire, you know, where like their job to a referee is way more gray than black and white. I think, you know, like a strike zone can move throughout a game, you know, and like you're, you're framing stuff and, and the way the motions of the game go. Like, and I think, I, I mean, I just miss having managers 
have full meltdowns. See, but like but there I was something fun about that. One of the biggest issues with that for me is mannered uh, umpires hold grudges and mm-hmm. it destroys what happens in games sometimes where you can't go to the to rule book and be like, oh, is that allowed? Because they have so much autonomy and they get it wrong so much. Like I'm okay with the human error in all sports. Like I'm actually really okay with that because we negate it gives us something error. to complain about too. And we negate the human error all the time by the things we don't care about. Like every fucking game in the NBA, there's at least five people who do a walk. At least I was five. I would say there's probably 15 cases of three in the key as well. Oh yeah, but nobody cares because Shaq is no longer playing. It's like, oh, you can stay there. Like it, but that's <laughs> yeah. that's kind of how it goes. Where like baseball, I think we needed to update it and make it more modern because umpires also are super old. Like, no offense, but like for a while they're growing up. If I'm not mistaken, umpires when we were younger were the oldest group of referees in all sports. So like, there's only that a certain amount be, of time they're, they're not running. And but there's only yeah, and there's only a certain amount of time where your eyes are going to be at peak level. There's only a certain amount of times that your reaction is going to be like that. Should mean something. So yeah, Angel Hernandez is the worst umpire referee in any sport, and I will go in my. But if you don't, if you don't update the technology, these people are going to ruin the game because they're just degenerating. Like it's just what happens in life. So yeah. I'm okay with it if people on a game, but we don't really like. I know they come up with those reports every year about how well an umpire or referee did, but we don't get to see those things. Like that just goes to the league. So like, what does it even matter at that right. point in time? And I think that for me, I'm okay with updating baseball. If baseball can move fast. I think if baseball can stay within three hours, it can make a surge back up. But when baseball is going to four and five and sometimes six hours, like dog, nobody's doing something that long anymore. Like they don't make six hour, they don't make four hour movies usually outside of the Snyder's cut of Justice League. They don't make those movies typically anymore. Like you're not getting a Casablanca of a sport. Like, no, people want to get in and get out, um, make it exciting, make people run bases again. Keep the, I'm, I don't want people to take away the shift, learn how to hit. Like, come yep. on, man. Like, see, yeah. Th- so that that's the, int- the time thing is so interesting. Cause it's just like, I feel like the stuff that they've done, it doesn't like, taking away an int- the four pitch of intentional walk like that's 30 seconds like like you're not actually speeding the game up by doing that mm-hmm. I, I i don't know that there's a natural way to speed up the game which is why i think it's so imperative that don't try and speed up the game try and give people a reason to want to watch the game See, even even if it's like kind of in and out it's like, give me something that makes them be like, I want to stay tuned into this. Dude, you can 100% speed up the game. 100%. Every every freaking, I don't care. I listen, maybe maybe I'm just being insensitive, and maybe I am. Every inning, the pitcher don't need to warm up. Yeah, no, I agree uh, with that. I agree uh, with that. You've been in the game, go throw on the sidelines until, until you're ready to get in if you really want to do that. Every inning, we don't need to go to a three-minute commercial break. Go to yeah. the dugout, get your shit, and get in the game. Like, that's a way to speed it up. And and even even when they're they're talking, like they go up to the yeah the, the one you know what the even craziest one when a bullpen pitcher comes in. So Doug, you've been warming up for an inning. Like why why do you need thirteen more pitches? Doug, get in the game, Doug. Get in the game. <laughs> like, in the game. like you've been warm. That's why you just got called into the game. And why are we going to a break as you run through the field to get to the mound? Yeah, you just warmed up. Exactly. You don't need and, and even much even more. Don't cut away, t- turn into a show. I, I, I believe the Red Sox, they just signed this Japanese reliever. And I want to say at one point, he was like showing up in just a different sports car for every outing, like from the bullpen. 
I was like, yeah, that'd be great. People would watch that. We gotta, we gotta do better, man. Like, we how do you do feel about the unwritten rules? In baseball, it's a problem, I think, because the unwritten rules, most of them came when baseball was still very much racist. So it's like, okay, who, whose rules are these really, I think, to begin with? But the second thing is baseball has – baseball, when it comes to baseball, speaking of the MLB specifically, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So are you telling me that you doing this still sex? I don't, I shouldn't hear that. I shouldn't be like, are you trying to steal a second? Yeah. Or you doing this, does it mean you're going to throw a curveball? Like waving your finger in the air doesn't mean you're going to throw a curve. I'm supposed to ignore that. Like, no, get better at it. Like, yeah, no, yeah, I, that's like, um, cause the one that who, who, was like the Red Sox, Yankees, and Dodgers. So this was after the Yasher's thing. That one's a little bit different because now you, I mean, yeah, again, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So I'm not going to fault them for trying to figure something out. When you lose live action technology, that's where it's a different level than like. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, if that's you're different. decoding signs. Like when the Patriots was 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 recording practices, right? Th- no, that story was was recanted. So every year, because it was three different years. It was not every year. The one time with the Jets was during a game they were filming from the long lo- location the, of the they game. They filmed the Eagles too. During no, Super there was League. nothing. Brian Westbrook said something that they knew where he was going. That's called scouting. The Eagles didn't say that you filmed them. ESPN said that there was film from the Eagles during Super Bowl week. ESPN says a lot of things that are wrong. But like, also said that the Patriots was the greatest dynasty. So what, what, what side of the fence are we doing on ESPN, man? Teddy Brucey says they're the greatest dynasty. There's a lot of people that don't like the work, Patriots. Who does there. he work for? He works for the legendary Robert Kraft. It, it, correct. <laughs> correct. Anyways, anyways. But yeah, it was like the Red Sox, Yankees, and Dodgers. They they were getting in trouble for like decoding signs in their scouting, like during games, and then they would signal it in from seconds. Like, yeah, that seems totally legal to me. I don't give a fuck about that at all. Like to me, do like, better. hide your signs you know? better. Yeah, that, that's why I do like the the Trevor Bowers of the world who lean into it. But granted, if- granted, he does it in spring training right now. But like. <laughs> There multiple times, both this year and last year. Don't occur. Yeah. He's just like, all right, curveball's coming. He's like, I'm throwing the heater. Yeah, like to me, to me, baseball, baseball is the biggest in MLB. Maybe not all baseball, but MLB is the biggest batch of soft motherfuckers in all of pro sports outside of soccer. They all, most of them, soft in soccer. But like, oh, you heard I was going to throw a fastball. That's cheating. What? Like yeah. no man, learn how to hit, dog. Like what are we what are we talking about? Yeah, the, the 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 you know even worse than that is the ones that complain about just things in the game, like the bat flip complainers. They're like, I didn't like that he bat flipped after he hit a home run. Don't, Don't let him hit, hit a home run. I'm gonna hit his teammate with the with the with the ball, but his teammate's not allowed to rush the mound with the bat. No, yeah, you do your you do your tool at me. <laughs> I'm coming to you with my tool. Yeah, what are we talking about here? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I do like that about baseball is the the ability that it kind of polices itself. And th- there's somewhat of a right way to do it. But also, I'm not going to fault someone for doing it the wrong way. But see, about You want a running jump kick the pitcher? Listen, That's your I prerogative. I like the idea. It's like it's like uh, role models when he's like, do you like Coca-Cola? I like the idea of Coca-Cola more than I like Coca-Cola. I like yeah. the idea of baseball policing themselves, but they don't police themselves. They literally, they, they hold themselves to some high and mighty standard where it's just like, oh, 
if you are the person who got hit by a pitch or somebody on your team, you're going too far if you don't just take it. Like that's, to me, that's not policing yourself. That's literally saying that there's only one right side to this, no matter how we come to this result. Like the amount of people who, you know, this is gonna hurt my heart to say, the amount of people who made Pedro Martinez out to be the yeah, worst don't person. Don't run at a 32 year old Dominican hothead. That's what's but, gonna happen. <laughs> but, but, the Yankees rushed him. Like, what do you want to say? Like, yeah. What do we? Well, that that we was say? the other thing. Well, with him, is like he could have done far worse things, and he wasn't even pitching. Like, what are <laughs> yeah. you coming at me like? This, I, he, like I I just like to view that situation as he kindly showed Don Zimmer where the grass was on the field. That's what they say about Jordan pushing off Brian Russell. He didn't push him off. He just moved him out of way of greatness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like I, I that was, I was anytime I had that debate with the Yankees fans, like he's an 81 year old man that he should uh, know better. Listen, I'm gonna keep it real. <laughs> he you, should know damn well. I got nothing but I, respect for Don Zimmer, rest his soul. Probably not the nicest guy. Listen, I, I'm I sure hope, he thought some things, but I hope in my lifetime I never get into another physical altercation in my entire life. And I'm only 30. Like, I really hope that. Nah, we'll backyard box this but, summer. But Go if ahead. the time comes up, you catching these hands, dog. Like, I don't know what we think is going to like I don't when push I'm, comes to shove. I'm gonna I, shove. I am I'm non-violent. I'm not anti-violent. <laughs> like that's a big difference, cuz. You're non-violent until you have to be. I'm non-violent until I have to fuck you up. Like that's yeah. like, and then that's there's a, no that in line is very thin. <laughs> that line is very thin, man. Like it like, but but I think that that's the part about baseball that I don't like. Like they we already pick and choose who was right and wrong before the action even happened. And that's not really policing yourself. So that's just like handcuffing people who have to take take punishment that's not fair. Like, like the type of shit they gave Chase Utley for that slide on second that that it was bad yeah. slide, but also it was blown way more out of proportion because of the actual outcome. And and you know what happens? Everybody does that slide. Chase just did it the way that People used to do it, and it's like, can't do that. Same thing with, with um Buster Posey. Oh, you can't run into the catcher anymore. He got hurt. If that was a third-string catcher and he blew his knee out and his broke his, you would not care. But because yeah. he's supposed to be some type of star in baseball, which you oh, don't yeah. have real stars because people don't know who your players are. Yeah, that's probably you changed the rule. But that's been that's but but that that was an unwritten rule that literally wasn't even a rule. Yeah, my mean? biggest issue with unwritten rule people now, and I do like some of it. Maybe, you know, as you say it, more so in theory than in execution. I love that players are more, I don't know if flamboyant is the right word, but like open and emotional on the field. Where it's like, yeah, it's, I, like I want to see Trevor Bauer doing the Conor McGregor strut after punching out three people on nine pitches, even though his team's down one nothing. That's dope. I want to yeah, see, get- you know, you, you have batters bat flipping i want to see a pitcher go off yelling at the batter when they punch him out with the bases loaded to end the inning like that's dope to me and that needs to be marketed but you know who i give credit to that for every mlb player who's not american yes because in america we're taught you how to do this you get all of the dominican players the cuban players the korean players they like you we talking Dude, it was that was like um, the last World Baseball Classic. I think it's the perfect example of that. Was you know a lot of the games were in the U.S. and then they played like a couple games in. I think they played a couple in Puerto Rico, and I was like, oh, it's different. And then they were like, by the way, what's that? The U.S. by the way. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying their fans are way more into it than some random people in 
you know, Minnesota, wherever it was. But it was like, then they played like, it was like they played the Dominican and like Miami. Oh, no, no, I think that, that's what it was. So it was all in the U.S., but they played some games in Miami for like the Dominican and uh, Puerto Rico because they had a different team. And it was like, oh, the energy was just completely different from the fans. And then, yeah, you look at Javi Baez with the no-look tags and, and, you know, it's different. You know, it's like even the like, quote-unquote, cool players on the U.S. team is like Adam Jones. <laughs> and I like Adam Jones. Yeah, but, but you like, know Javi Baez. No, man. he is not El Mago. But, but, I, but I think that that's what it is, Ivan. I really do feel that way. Like, I think that – I think it's the opposite. And this might be my last point because, you know, <laughs> we are coming up on an hour, I think. I think baseball – is opposite of the NBA, right? So I think that the international players in baseball are bringing the flair, bringing the charisma, bringing um, the eyes to the sport based on their action, where, like, the international players in the NBA are bringing the fundamentals yeah. and the way that we used to play, because maybe they had some old tape delay from the 80s, like, ooh, I like that Kevin McHale post-up, where, like, <laughs> you see these other players, like, dog, I'm dunking on you, pointing on you, and then running back on defense where I'm not really going to play defense. <laughs> the difference of a Larry Bird step back versus the Lister Blister. Yes, absolutely. And I think that that's really what it is. And I think baseball is very uneasy about allowing players of color, quite frankly, to dominate what the game is because the best player for the last six years is Mike Trout, right? So if we're talking about Mike Trout, Mike Trout's personality is not one that you can market because he also said he doesn't want to be marketed. He's like, I want to play ball. He very rarely speaks. Yeah. And like the most he's spoken, honestly, I think in his career was the Astro scandal. That was the most he's ever it. spoken out about. I can believe it, yeah. And, 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 and the other problem is like even Mookie Betts doesn't talk that much. But the thing about Mookie Betts is he hasn't come out like – Mike Trout is on record saying he doesn't want to be yeah. like the face of bait. Like he doesn't care about that kind of stuff. I don't think we've ever given Mookie Betts the opportunity to do that. You know, he might not speak like Mookie Betts like, is a Jordan brand athlete. Like we yes. can't market this a little bit better. <laughs> we don't care, man. They really don't care. Like I know. even somebody like, and, and like, like the other thing is when you look at, yeah, Bryce, Bryce is another good one. That they've marketed. Okay. But then completely fell off, but it was like Mookie Betts. He played for two of those six teams or five yeah. teams that matter. And one, but and like, won a World Series with, with both of them. Yeah. And won an MVP. Like he is and the best player, not he, named Mike Trout. And when he just for the last on, three or four. Handsome years. guy. You can market that. A bad hairline. But yeah, otherwise. I say I say when you keep the hat on, handsome guy. Oh, oh okay. I sorry, I cut out there for a second. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. you keep the hat on, handsome guy, you can market <laughs> that, dude. Like you don't even know, you don't even know what Mookie Betts' race is if you didn't know who he was. You'd be like, who who hmm. Hmm. Like you can market to so many markets with just a Mookie Betts. Marcus Lynn Betts. His initials are MLB. It like to- everything about him just writes itself. That's the that's the biggest problem. All right. Anyway, um, do you want to talk about episode two of Falcon Winter Soldier? Just to end it here. At so freaking lootly, you start. Okay. Um. Okay, the, to generalize everything, I like the way that they're using uh, – like this, this is probably the most emotion that we've seen from either character uh, in multiple different points. 
Winter Soldier uh, went through his whole Marvel experience being brainwashed. And I, no, I mean, in, in, the, in the series, in the series, compared oh, to episode yeah. one, compared yeah, to episode like, one. Sorry, he's he's killed whole villages probably. Yeah, like, no. he's um, I I like what they're doing with the racial awareness pieces. Mm. Um, I think that's a really interesting thing to build on. Um. Like I love the introduction, and I did some digging on, um, I forget his last name, Isaiah, the 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 black Captain America, which was his name in the comics, the one that they visited in Baltimore. Um, mm-hmm. I'm yeah, also yeah. excited about that having learned the that the, the kid that greets him at the door. Apparently, that's a character in the comics. The young Avenger, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of what they're building with the Young Avengers. So that's kind of cool, um, which it seems like they're just every one of these little mini series, they're just giving a new young Avenger. Cause I think the, the kids in WandaVision are going to be in the young Avengers. Now this kid. Good. Right. So it's like, I think that's kind of cool. A um, couple things that stuck out. Um, we can confirm that Bucky's a nerd. <laughs> which shout out to him. He's like, yeah, I read the Hobbit in 1937. It came out, which he would have been like 20 some. And that was like a kid's book when it first came out. So he's a nerd, which we respect. Um, I'd love the the one uh, you come out the White Panther. He said, "No, nah, it's actually the White Wolf." Mm-hmm. I, I love that little correction. Like there were there's some good quips. Um, the whole sorcerer's a wizard without a hat just seemed like Anthony Mackie improv. <laughs> like, like my my legitimate my thought was like, yeah, I don't feel like they wrote that. I feel like that was literally like Anthony Mackie. Like I just came up with that now. I feel like that was just actually Anthony Mackie. Like, <laughs> like that seems like something he would say. Um, I think the new Captain America seems well-intentioned, but cocky. And the, the one parallel that I saw was it seemed like his pedigree is the alternate to why Dr. Erskine had picked Steve Rogers as the first Captain America was the, a good man should be Captain America, not a perfect soldier. And it seems like a lot of the pedigree is he's a perfect soldier, you know, Mm. but you know i loved uh i saw one meme of the point where they're outside after bucky gets arrested and saying i will stay out of my way if you're not gonna help and it was just kevin hart saying who the fuck you think you're talking to (laughs) (laughs) and that was every marvel fan's reaction to that um yeah (laughs) obviously the ending of you know that emotional outburst of you know finally when bucky's giving why he's so upset about things was basically, you know, maybe he was wrong to give Sam the shield. And if he was wrong about Sam, then maybe he's wrong about me, which had to, after all the trauma that he's had that we've discussed, I mean, that one has to hit the deepest. So those are my, my primary thoughts. Um, I'm curious to hear what you have as well. I have so many thoughts and a lot of them echo what you said. First thing is, did you, did you uh i looked and i didn't mean to look into this but i stumbled across it did you know why um the new captain america his partner is called i think it's Battlestar. i didn't dig into it i just went with it so, as being corny uh, it's so it's super corny dude but apparently in the comic books they couldn't call him bucky because back in the day bucky was a racist term for black people so like when he took over yeah so when he took over for bucky they was like, we can't call him Bucky because he's black. <laughs> so like, we got to call him something else. They just didn't so, get put much thought into an actual name though. So, so they called him some, some 
whack name like Battlestar or whatever it is. And apparently the people, the person who directed this episode or wrote it, I can't remember which one, was a person of color. Was I think it was a black, uh, um, a black person. And they made it cornier on purpose just to like make it more uncomfortable so that you can realize okay. that if we called them anything else, it would have been even more uncomfortable historically. So that was just kind of dope. Like I didn't like it watching it. I was like, this shit is corny. And then I was yeah. like, oh, that's dope. I think second episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is already better than all of WandaVision. And I, and I actually like WandaVision, but I mm, it was, I don't think it's on I this. I think it was a good introduction to what we're getting now. I loved absolutely loved when they went to Baltimore and he visited the the um soldier and he was actually old which is yeah. interesting like he was old he said he was in a prison of, apparently he went to prison because he stole a Captain America outfit to go fight Captain America um yeah to apparently go fight Bucky. the story from the comics for anyone that hadn't heard already or dug into it is apparently after Cap went on ice they started in the comics Basically, what they did is they took all their black soldiers and just started using them as guinea pigs with super serum. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, this one helped in. He stole the suit, went on this mission, successful mission after no one else was able to make it work. Basically, um, it was then he had to basically sign something about it's going to be kept a secret, which I kind of like from a Marvel perspective of like it was a secret in the comics. So they kind of kept it a secret in this universe as well. I guess they also didn't really have a natural time to bring it up, but I, I kind of like that aspect. But yeah, and then yeah, he was in jail and all that. So I, I like the way that they introduced his character. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, think we've was, seen the last of him. No, we definitely not. And, and and then when they left, and then they pull up the Sam and Bucky, and they're like, "Is this guy bothering you, sir?" Yep. And they're talking about Sam. Like, what? Would, yeah, yeah, it could be anything. And. It just it just continues on from the first episode when he couldn't even get a loan. He didn't have any money, didn't have any savings. And it shows just how much black people give to this country and how little they give them back. And it, it's 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 one of those things where this is only, I think, six episodes of a series. So it's going to be interesting to see in, in the last four episodes how they tie in everything they've already talked about while still focusing on the flag smashers. I think that that's part of the conversation that hasn't really been brought up, like, there's like a gang of super soldiers and there's so much turmoil within each character internally. And then there's so much turmoil racially in the country that they're in. And they're leaving the country actively to go fight people who are threats to this country. So I hope that they, they tie that in where they, they bring in the fact that it doesn't matter how great these soldiers really are, AKA Bucky and Sam, that it's hard for them to accomplish these tasks because of everything that they have to deal with in order to even get to the point where they're facing these tasks and they're fighting super soldiers, which they're already outnumbered anyway, that way. I think that, I think that they're going to, I hope at least that they show more of how hard it is for Sam to realize that he's not Captain America and he had the opportunity to like, I hope they didn't just leave it in that second episode where it's just like, damn, that could have been me and kind of keep it moving. I kind of hope that they, I hope that they do, they, they show more of that emotion, but also highlighting the new Captain America for everything that, that Sam would never be able to be in this country. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I still am holding out that he will be the Captain America by the end of episode six. 
I don't know how I, exactly that'll go. Thought about that in the first one, and I don't know if I want him to be. Like, part of me is like, part of me feels like he's too good to be Captain America for what Captain America is supposed to be for America. Like, like, it, like, huh? Like propaganda. Exactly. You know, and this is the this is the image of America, and we know that it ain't the image of America. So part of me kind of feels like. It'll be dope. Like, I'm not saying this is going to happen because who the hell knows? I doubt it. But it'll be dope if at the end of the series, they both just move to Wakanda. <laughs> it's just like, yo, fuck this. We're going to start our own. <laughs> but he's like, I'm telling you, it's not a bad time. <laughs> yeah, I'm you. you see his arm? You see yeah. his arm? You want to keep living in Baltimore or living in the D.C. area? Yeah, you know, so I, like it, it would be dope if they just it would be. I mean, this probably sounds anti-American, but it'll be dope if they renounce America and then go somewhere where they'll be appreciated. Just, like they said, total free agents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the other thing I, I did like just I loved how casual the Zemo piece was. Like, mm, you, you know, yeah, like I, I, I liked it like a lot. I feel like a lot of times they'd be like, oh, we're going to like they leave a cliffhanger about like, oh, we you know, we got to talk to someone. You know, it's like. And then they kind of built it up. That was like, yeah, you know, remember Siberia, blah, blah. <laughs> I remember Siberia. But, but like, I just love the moments like, all right, let's let's go talk to Zemo. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that they just left it. It's like they're just walking down the street. It's like casual conversation. All right, let's go talk to this guy that tried to did split up our entire group. Like like they've been texting. Yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, we're going to go do that. You know, but I, I kind of, part of me, I really like that part, but part of me was kind of upset that I knew it was coming because of the 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 trailers for the legends. We all knew that he was in it. Yeah, like I kind of like the trailers have been amazing and dope, but like I watched them before the series started and they released all of them. And I was like, oh, Zemo's in this. That's interesting. That's cool. But I kind of wish that they didn't do it. I kind of wish yeah. they showed the trailer before the ep- like at the end of the episode. Like at the end of the episode, I wish they debuted it then. That, that would have been good. And, and I guess in, in retrospect, I wish I hadn't watched them because like I would have watched this series if I hadn't seen any trailers. Mm-hmm. So it's like I really wish that I, like to not know that Sharon's in it, to not know that Zemo's in it. The the, the Don Cheadle feature was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll be around, but uh, the, those other two are the big ones. It's like, yeah, it would have been kind of cool to have it like pop up. Like you, you, it, It's almost like the, the tension where it's like, yeah, we're going to be dealing with super soldiers. It's like, okay, someone pops to mind that might know some things. But a bit, like, I, I'm trying to picture like what the viewing experience would have been like to not know that he was in it. Of like, oh, remember Siberia? Oh, huh? you know what oh. I mean? Like, oh, oh. oh and, then, about- and then like Sam would have started reciting the journal with him. Like, oh, I'm just kidding. Just- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's more Anthony Mackie improv. <laughs> I, th- I think that they're off to a solid start. I'm going to yep. probably rewatch both episodes this week because I haven't rewatched either one of them at all. I like to rewatch a show twice in a week that it perform- premieres. I think that they, they have a lot of places they can go with it. I think that right now, they're like right at that line for me for cheese. Like for cheesiness, it's like, all right, Flag Smashers, terrible name. Uh, little kids beating up the vendors. Kind of corny, but kind of cool. The same thing. Okay, right there um what else was it what else was kind of cheesy that i didn't really i was like huh okay we can we can go without that a little bit uh that kind of probably was it but like i, I, I wonder they if they're gonna go almost more away from the flag smashers thing but like they're gonna they're gonna keep it there because they know that they need to have some action but i feel like part of this series and the characters that are involved in it are supposed to be bringing a much more human element to it are you talking about are you talking about the main characters or yeah. everybody? 
Yeah, the main characters. Well, I, I guess and some of the secondary characters off of that. But I, I feel like with those two, there's so much mental anguish in both of them. And I feel like that's being what's brought across, especially because like the other thing we got to remember is like with I think this is six months for men game. It's like, yeah, they're dealing with like actual major life issues right now, too. So it's like I feel like in a way the Flag Smashers aren't supposed to be the primary villain. The primary villain is like their own mind and, and some of the things that they're having to deal with. And it's just they have to marvel, marvelize the show a little bit and add a, a, a villain. Like, I don't feel like the Flag Smashers are like the major plot point. I feel like it's just there to like be able to tell a greater story of this relationship and some of the mental issues that they're dealing with. And I feel like yeah, that's more so what this, where it's like WandaVision was this quirky kind of fun you know, or but then like this one, like it feels much more raw. Yeah, I don't think the flag smashers was meant to be a main plot point, but I do think the flag smashers are are there to serve multiple purposes. And the one that's ringing true to me so far in the show is that it proves that no matter what these people are going through, that there's still issues out there. So who are we going to get to figure out these issues? Which is why they're bringing in all the younger ventures through these different yeah. shows. Which is why they have a new Captain America. And battle, I think his name is Battlestar, and Battlestar and stuff like that because yep. we can't just focus on what we, what we all of us have doing, going in our everyday life. We have to think about the future, and if we don't think about the future, we're going to lose the future. So I think that that's the point with the flag smashers because this whole show could have been built around that, and it would have been interesting and it would have been cool to see how they yeah, try to figure cool it out. Action and yeah, yeah, but I think that that they are a subplot because we have to realize that that's a real, real, real threat. And then they also deal with their real everyday life, which is also a real, real, real threat. So what are you going to do in order to deal with both? Yeah, I'm excited to see what they can do. I am liking it. I'm definitely liking it. Um, it, it was it was so funny, like how polar opposite it was. Like, I think this is kind of my last point on it. Like my biggest gripe about episode one was like, oh, there's not enough of them together. And then this one was like, it's yeah you can see why it's like yeah. oh yeah like they they dunked it right in everyone's face of like yeah this is why they're not getting along <laughs> it's like they're, they're not on the same page they both just lost their best friend they're not seeing eye to eye with each other there's issues yeah and my last point would be that you are now white ivan i feel like that was already a given no that's just like the Russian thing. I'm just saying because, you know, if, if he's going to be Black Falcon, you're just going to be White Ivan. I, I, I like Ivar. I, I feel like White Ivar works better. No, you don't get to. You don't get, that's, a, that's a boss level. You don't get to be at the boss level. You're just Ivan. Wait, when the hair is braided, it's Ivar. Okay. That braid it hair. up. Braid it up. When the Falcon doesn't have his wings, he's just Sam. <laughs> Sam Wilson, which... Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> you had to guess <laughs> black kid gotcha <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is one thing i love the little quick stuff of like hey we're it's almost like the realization of the writers being like we know that we're dumping a lot of heavy stuff on here so we're gonna give you like a couple a couple good, good quick ones <laughs> that shit was hilarious all right that's episode 14 a nice, nice, easy, quick one after a, a very long one last week. But uh, we out. We'll see I'm you Black next Reese. week. That's White Ivan. Have a good night. It's baseball season.
Yeah.